This is the Living Clean Podcast. This podcast is not meant to replace meetings, sponsorship, step work, or service. This podcast is meant to be another tool in your recovery toolbox. Our guests are here to share their experience, strength, and hope with recovery through Narcotics Anonymous. Thank you for joining us. All right, welcome back to the Living Clean Podcast. We're here for episode number 47. And we're talking about today, uh, IP number 11, sponsorship. That is the topic. But before we get to the topic today, i got a very special guest that's with me. I'm going to allow her to introduce herself. Hi, everybody. I am Dee. I am an addict. Um, my clean date is September 6th of 2002. So I just celebrated 21 years a few months back. Four or five. Yay! Coming up on 22, which is my lucky number. So I'm excited about that. <laughs> um, I am a super grateful member of my home group. Uh, we meet on Sunday evenings in the Southeastern Massachusetts area. Whoop, whoop, SIBO. Uh, and our, the name of my home group is actually called Spill the Tea because uh -huh, we specialize in tea at my home group. Spirituality, humility, integrity yep we have all the tea at my home group so we love it at 6 30 to 7 45 in the southeastern mass area if you're ever in town come check us out what a clever love, way yeah. yeah 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 how clever that is i love that we've been our home group is i'm so grateful to be a part of like such a great home all our home group members we have like a bunch of newcomers that come in but we have like a group of of a few of us, four or five of us that have been there for over 10 years. And we just had a, an event. Let's taco about recovery. It was like a whole taco. We're super punny. Like I love it. It's kind of our personality in our area. We're, we're a fun punny group. Yeah. And we've had some, we've had some uh, younger members who have, who have really taken a passion for service and got involved in activities. And we've been doing some things like that. There was a, and you can tell by our conversation prior to this, my memory is terrible sometimes, but we had an H and I event that had that implemented some funds like that. And it was, uh, it was a great turnout. It, it was really great. Everything, the way you put it out there is how it's received. People want, you know, nobody wants to go to a, you know, whatever i'm interested to know a little bit about you and you know now that you were talking about your home group just kind of walk me through what it's what what role has a home group played in your journey of recovery and you know what are what are some things that you really take away from your home group that you couldn't imagine not having uh 20 plus years into this thing so I'm going to get this wrong. And if anybody is listening out there and is like, oh, she got it wrong. They got me on the spot. I don't have my books in front of me. Um, but it talks about in our guiding principles book. And I'm not quite sure which tradition off the top of my head. I want to say one, um, but I could be wrong where it talks about when we find a home group, we don't know we're about to fall in love. And it's like, oh, that is me. That is my jam. It's like, my home group is so important to me. It has been a cornerstone of my recovery since the day I found it. And just like the literature reminds, it's I didn't know I was about to fall in love. I've gone through, I've, I've, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about this later, but I've gone through a loss of a sponsor 
and it was my home group that sponsored me. You know, my home group was my sponsor for a little while while I was struggling with that. My father died a couple of years ago. It was my home group that held me, loved me, carried me through those. Like, you know, we talk about the grace of God and how we get through situations and we don't know how we made it through. And when I look at the grace, my higher power is the program of narcotics anonymous. So when I think about my home group, I think that's the vehicle that my, that my higher power works through and the love of the fellowship, you know, our ninth through NAS, like the love that I receive at my home group when I'm sitting in a meeting, drinking my cup of tea and I'm sitting with all my people, there's no safer place in my world than it is when I'm sitting at my home group. Um, I have the best service position currently at my home group. Uh, I'm the greeter. So it's, yeah. I love being the greeter. That is my, so I, st I just, you know, when people come in, I always talk about it. Whenever I walk into a meeting of Narcotics Anonymous, the feeling that just envelops me as soon as I walk through the thresholds, you know, it's like I'm home and the safety, you know, safe and secure in the love of the fellowship. I can look another addict in the eye and be grateful for who I, like in that moment when I walk in and I know I'm with my people, that's, you know, a home group is the best thing I ever did for myself. I got my first home group when I had 90 days clean. I was the key tag person, which was my second favorite. <laughs> you know, everything, every step is my favorite. Every tradition is my favorite. Everything, you know, there, everything's my favorite. But, you know, key tags was my, my first service position at 90 days clean at my very first home group. And, the, and when people started to know who I was and they started to be like, oh, where's Delena? Who's going to do the key tags? You know, it, it meant something to me and it made me feel important and welcomed in and loved. So a home, it's, I mean, there's no words I can express what a home group means to me. Uh, those are some of my experiences with, with safety and security and the love of our fellowship. It's just uh, such a special place. And the listeners know that that's been listening, you know, I, we've been going through a lot down here with our home group. We've lost a couple of members. Uh, one of them was my sister, mm -hmm. but just like you said, um, the way that they love on you through these situations and, and it's like, I've been telling everybody, you know, they're, they're calling and checking up on me from all over the world. But realistically, because of that, I think I'm in a better place than I've ever been. When I have every excuse in the world, to not be, but because of the love of my home group and just the fellowship in general, I've made a lot of connections doing this and through different, you know, service avenues, all those people, like when times are bad, they just show up and show out. And like, I haven't had time to really get down in the dumps. Like I've just right. been overwhelmed with gratitude. Right, right. Yeah. And it's our first bridge. Like for me, my home group was my first bridge. It was my how I found my first sponsor. It was after doing key tags, I became a GSR. It was my first introduction to our like it's such it really is the foundation where so many other areas are are cut from and that we grow from is we all you know, I everything I learned in service, I learned in a home group sponsorship. That's that's it. And you and you're currently present uh participating in the highest form of service as a greeter yeah. like you know the for those of you that are new that is the idea of the service structure the highest form that you can when you make the coffee when you greet somebody at the door when you give somebody a hug or tea the highest form of service. Huh? Or, or tea, tea. <laughs> or tea yeah yeah 
Yeah, that's the highest form of service. That's the, that's the most important things that we can do in this fellowship. It's more important than being on the world board mm-hmm. uh, is is greeting that newcomer and, and making people feel welcome. So thank you for your service. I'm glad that people are still greeting people at the door. That's So it's, it's, it's really important. Me and my friend, uh, my friend is celebrating. He's actually celebrating this Sunday. He's the male greeter and we've been doing it together. For a, it's so important. We have we actually we also have um, what we call a PPP. It's my other favorite position. It's our PPP. It's our, our primary purpose pursuer, and um, <laughs> their job is to get the phone list for the newcomers and go make sure that no addict walks into our rooms looking for some support or looking for something and is not met by one person saying hi. My name is. How can I help? Like so important you have that face-to-face one-on-one the greeter at the beginning and the ppp at the end it's it's so important i love that i love that nobody's uh, everybody's not sitting around wondering who goes and approaches this person right single point of accountability yeah and you'll be surprised how many times that everybody just assumes somebody else is going to talk to them and it never happens if you don't like, I love having that 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 position, and uh, you know, leaving with that phone list is 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 crucial, you know, and and just feeling like you feel a part of when when somebody comes up and approaches you and and does those type of things, and and think about it like this too, right? So I think about this all the time. Whenever I'm in a in a meeting and they ask for in my area, they ask for NA related announcements. And so I'll raise my hand and I'll be like, oh, you know, fellowship development. I love fellowship development. That's like my, uh, you know, it's my favorite, right? Everything's my favorite. So, <laughs> so fellowship development, we need support. We meet on the third blah, 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 of this month, whatever. And we make the announcement. Nobody ever comes up to me after the meeting and it's like, oh, 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 can I join? You know, but if I go up to Sally and I'm like, hey, Sally, I need you on this committee. You are a great resource and I'd really appreciate your help, Sally. Sally is much more likely to come to our next meeting. So if I raise my hand in a meeting, anybody with a year or more who's willing to help and talk to a newcomer, raise your hand. Nobody's going to come up to me. But if I go up to the newcomer, if I go to Sally and say, hey, Sally, here's my number. I would love to talk to you. Sally's going to call me. So he's like, I never get phone calls from people off the phone list. Well, I do. I get phone calls off that phone list all the time because I take the phone list. I go to the person. I give them a hug. I introduce myself and let them know I want them to call me. It would mean a lot to me. You know, my sponsor used to tell me that all the time. He said, you know, quit asking or quit giving your number so much. Go up and get their number and give them a call sometime. You know, like. (laughs) Put yourself in their shoes. How comfortable were you when you first walked in and you're just going to pick a random number off a sheet and call them? Like, go up and circle your name. This is me. What's your number? Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you a call. Yep. And Hey, I've had a lot more success by me picking up the phone and calling them on getting a call back than I have people picking my name off the phone list. Uh, not that that doesn't work. I know that people use the phone list. And that's why we still do it too. Mm-hmm. Um, but to your point, you know, like it means so much more with somebody actually delivering that instead of saying, Hey, if you're new, there's a book here with a phone list and you can pick it up on your way out. 
uh, the chances of people actually doing that are slim. But when you actually walk up and deliver it. Right. right. Yeah. So I want to roll on for just a second. I want to, I'm interested to know, like, how did you, uh, how did you find Narcotics Anonymous? Um, I found, I found Narcotics Anonymous because I was in a local treatment center and hospitals and institutions came in to do a commitment at my facility and <laughs> ain't no high like H&I. Um, yeah. So I was sitting in the facility and these four guys walked in and they were super hot. And I hung on every word they said, cause they were so good looking. And after the commitment, I was like, oh my gosh, your recovery is so amazing. Where do you guys, like, where do you recover? Where are you from? And they said they were from the Southeastern Mass area. So I went to my counselor at the detox and said, I wanted to go to Southeastern Mass area because I wanted to go to meetings with these guys. Uh, and that was, you know, almost 22 years ago, I walked into a meeting looking for this panel that I saw on H&I, and little did I know, I was going to find, you know, not a new boyfriend, but a new way of life. Wow. Well, they need to fire my estimates <laughs> and I'll get some more attractive people in there so that we can bring in some more newcomers. Yeah, I love that. That's how it works for hey. me. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how you get there, right? It's you never like, know how the message. We never know. Hey, whatever works, whatever <laughs> got. You. And then for anybody that's going to hate on that story, the evidence is there. Hey, well, You're, unapologetically hey. me on this one. You know what I mean? It is what it is. That's how it happened yeah. for me. So from that process, walking in, looking for that, when did uh, when did the program start to take? Or, or when did it start to have an influence on you and, you know, outside of just looking for those, those four guys that were on the panel? So I like went to, did... yeah. So I went to treatment in Southeastern Mass area from that local treatment center. I went to a longer, um, you know, term program and the, you know, I think it's really important. I always say this when I share, but I think it's really important to identify that like when I was in treatment, they told me I was too young to be clean. Um, I got clean when I was 21 years old. Uh, don't worry about the math. I'm only 25. Uh, so if you're counting out there trying to figure out my age is 25. So um, <laughs> I got clean when I was 21. And the local treatment center told me that I was too young to be clean. Somebody told me that he had heard that young people were getting clean other places, but not in the southeastern mass area and that I was too crazy. Um, I was I was too attention seeking. I was too all of these things. And I would come into Narcotics Anonymous and Narcotics Anonymous told me that they didn't care how young I was, how crazy I was. They actually said, we specialize in sick. Come along and we'll help you love you until you love yourself. And they told me I was welcome no matter what kind of attention, no matter what might that I was welcome no matter what. And that was my first introduction to how treatment was so different than NA. And then although I found I was, I got clean in treatment. I found recovery through the 12 steps of Narcotics Anonymous, not treatment. Um, however, for the purposes of this story, I was in a local treatment center when I, when recovery kind of caught hold of me, I had just gotten another discharge contract from my local halfway house for being, you know, not perfect. You know, thank you, Narcotics Anonymous for loving me, even though I wasn't perfect. My treatment center didn't quite share those same views. And I had just gotten another discharge contract and I was about to be kicked out onto the streets. And I remembered I had like a flashback to when somebody had said, hey, how's your program? And um, I heard somebody say, it sucks. And I heard then the person say to that person, 
well, then why don't you try our program? And it like clicked in my head in that moment that I had to, that I was miserable, clean. And then if I was going to be miserable, I might as well use. And I didn't want to use. I did not want to use. And in that moment, I said, maybe this NA thing is worth really, they loved me. Why not love them back? They saw something in me. Why not listen? Maybe, you know, our second step, maybe, just maybe I could make better choices. Maybe, just maybe there was a way out of this dilemma that I had found myself in. And I decided at that very moment that I was going to, you know, really try to, you know, stop going to Narcotics Anonymous, but like live the Narcotics Anonymous program. This was, I decided to like punch my membership card that day and like validate my parking and, and, and say like, okay, I'm in. And every time I used, I had used so many times, every time I used, I used just after 90 days clean. This is the only time I've ever been able to stay clean longer than four months was when I decided to become a member you know, and live to the best of my ability, the Narcotics Anonymous program. That's how I found my membership. Wow. I just love that. Uh, so walk me through, uh, of course, we're going to touch on, uh, we're going to touch on sponsorship and all that uh, that entails a, a little bit later, but just walk me through. So we'll talk about your relationship with your first sponsor, yada, 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 and all that. Um, but walk me through like the process of the steps and, and, and what that was like for you. So I've been through the steps, you know, almost an embarrassingly amount of times, <laughs> you know, sometimes it's, it gets kind of a different reaction from different people. So I, I, I'll just say for the purpose, I've been through the steps more than a few times. So to ask, you know, what the experience of that was, it's something that changes with every round. You know, my first round of steps um, was really primarily about my past. Uh, it was really about repairing some of the damage in my active addiction. And then, you know, as other rounds of steps have happened, they focused on, you know, I did a round of steps on building spirituality. I did a round of steps on my relationships. I did a round of steps on parenting. I've done a round of steps on my marriage. I've done a round of steps on my relationship with service bodies. So like I've done, you know, I've gone through the 12 steps in various ways, all different formats, styles. We'll hear later all different sponsors. And, you know, there it is um, the thing I love about our step for, for me. This is not everybody's view, but for me, the thing I love about our steps is they are just as applicable today as they were when I first got clean. And then they are perfectly laid out for exactly what I need them to be. Although the quite, you know, of course, you know, I'm answering the have I given plausible but untrue reasons for my behavior? What are they? You know, like of course we hear those same questions. Have I acted on an obsession and then acted as if I'd actually planned to act that way? You know, we hear these same questions over and over, but I have not yet found it too repetitive to be applicable. There's always room for me. It's a nice, you know, I continue right now. I'm working on my concepts. I'm going through the 12 concepts right now. Um, but this last round of steps that I just did was on my obsession on food. You know, I've just lost almost 80 pounds and Congrats. thank you. You know, like I've, I've had a major transformation on my relationship with food. These steps for me work in whatever area it is that I apply it. And it's all about, you know, my relationships with different things. So, you know, I, I, the 12 steps, 
has revolutionized my existence. It's like, there's no, you know, we say all the time, I, everybody should work steps, you know, these, you know, normal people should be, you know, and it talks about in our 12th step that if these were for everybody, we would walk into a Narcotics Anonymous meeting and not find anybody who had found freedom from active addiction. So I just feel so grateful that this is for me. You know, I get to work. St I get I have an experience that so many other people don't ever have an opportunity to do. Why would I not take full advantage of it in all its glory and all its repetition? And, you know, I I. There, you know, I could never say thank I could never say thank you enough for anything. But the steps, my husband thanks the world for the 12 steps. My daughter, you know, my it's like I said, revolutionized my existence. I would not be the person I am. You know, the goal of our 12 steps is to have a spiritual awakening. I'm I have been fortunate enough to have that experience, and I'm just so grateful for that. So it's really Yeah, that's uh, I love that. I'm I'm currently uh just started just finishing uh the writing on step one and uh -huh. this time the the topic is food and yep. finances yes and so those are the big those are the big things for me and some of the questions you know you know they might not apply like they did when i was um you know going through it with drugs or whatever but there's some if i look at it deep enough <laughs> there there's a lot of uh, all those questions there's a way that i can see exactly how i've used food and my overspending and different things just like i did the dope absolutely and, and if i use those like i did the dope then those questions like you said they're applicable you know i can they still apply to this day and yeah so my my question would be is and because I we don't we haven't got to talk about this much going through the steps a second time or a third time or a fifth time or fifteenth time. Uh, well, when you go to do like a um, a four step, are are you specifically addressing one topic and then ultimately leading yourself into even the amends process and all that through this one specific topic? I would not have done them again if I didn't. <laughs> every time, every experience, I and this is also, this will come up later in sponsorship as well. This is another experience that I have had with just getting a different perspective. Like by looking at it from a different, it's it, more things are revealed, more amends are needed. You know, it, have I, I mean, yes. I don't even know where I could even start with thinking about how I have changed you know, and been aware of new defects and, you know, new amends, you know, my first, my mother looked at me, my first amends that I made to my mother, I had, you know, I don't know, a couple years clean. And, um, and she just looked at me still so angry. And she said, I will forgive you, but I will never forget what you've done to this family. And she's, you know, she, I apologized and made amends for all the stealing and all that. And I, and I had nine years clean a couple amends, a couple rounds of steps. I had nine years clean. It was, it was, uh, December 24th. My parents had decided to go out to dinner. I was coming home to visit. Uh, I sat outside of the front door for an hour. I was early. Go, right? go figure right now. All of a sudden I'm early cause I'm clean. So it was December 24th and I sat outside the front door of my parents' house for an hour and a half. 
my parents pulled up in front of the house and said, why didn't you go in? I never even thought to even think they would have left the door unlocked. I had nine years clean before my mother, not a word was said, not anything was, it was never spoken of. And she was like, just go inside. Why are you sitting out here like an idiot? Um, Because never had my mother ever trusted me to leave the door open. I didn't even look, I didn't even bother it because I never thought, right? I never thought that I would ever be in a place where my mother would trust me enough to go into the home without her. If that's not an example of how these steps have have changed and how the amends have had, you know, an effect and changed relationships and changed who I was. And I was so nervous opening the door. I was like this weird, I was the first, that hadn't happened in so long. That's amazing. I didn't even think to look. This is, you know, stories like that it just never ceases to amaze me what the, what's possible in this program it's 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 unreal and you hear stuff you hear the stories of the impossible happen all the time you know and i know there's people listening to this right now who's in thinking about or stressing about that amends process and thinking about certain ones who've you know made them feel like it'll never be a possibility and you just never know. I have 21 you know, years no- and my brother still doesn't talk to me because when yeah. I was 14 years old, I swore at my father and he has never spoken to me again. There are some, you know, he, but what's, what is important to me now is we go to, we have a summer house in Maine and he has a boat. And so my parents have boats and blah, blah, blah. And so my brother comes over with his boat and he invites my husband and my daughter on the boat to go take them out. So it may not be, he may not ever, but he, he, my daughter has been able to experience what it's like to put principles before personalities. Yeah. My, you know what I mean? She understands, like, we may not get along, but we're always there for her, for our primary purpose as a family. Like even my daughter has begun to understand because of this amends process. I've made an amends to him. He doesn't accept it. He doesn't forgive me and he doesn't have to. But yeah. together, we not unbeknownst to him, we can apply these principles. And I guess I, I I would assume that you doing your part and everything that you've that you could possibly do in that amends is what kind of gives you the peace with that. I, I would imagine because that that's the way I feel with mine. Like I've done my part, right. you know, I've done everything that I can do, and that kind of you know it kind of allows me to rest easy at night knowing that. Our ninth step, right? Our ninth step talks about what happens if our amends are not restitution, resolution, restoration, the three R's of a ninth step. That's all we can, like, not be all things to all people. And I can't lose my integrity by trying to force some, some, a new idea onto a closed mind, right? Isn't that in essence what I would be doing? That's it. That's it. Well, that's wonderful. So, Oh, let's let's transition on a little bit. Let's talk about uh, service work for a minute. Um, I, I have the yeah, I have the feeling that <laughs> had experience in some forms of service. So I just you know if not that you need to go down the list and and tell us everything that you've been involved in, but just kind of like what how has service played a, a a part in your recovery and 
how's that played a part in like building your recovery network and and you know getting intimate with people because if you know if you're anything like you know what i know like service is the key to building those relationships that's like the foxhole you know that's where we uh that's where we develop those intimate relationships outside of the sponsor and different things so absolutely oh my gosh so i yeah so you might have picked up on that a little huh (laughs) i'm a little bit of a service girl yes no i am so passionate about giving back to this fellowship and you know i really 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 am motivated you know everything we do in the course of na service should be motivated by a desire to more successfully carry the message to the attitude like i am so passionate about the attitude still suffers and making sure that everything i do in the course of na service is motivated by that desire it's it is the air that I breathe. It is so, I'm just, I just got into a few things, with, you know, cause I do it right and everybody does it right. You know what I mean? Like that kind of mentality. I just got into a couple of things with people about, um, you know, my understanding versus their understanding versus our collective understanding, you know, our primary purpose, our, you know, our common welfare type of thing. So, um, but yeah, so <clears throat> my first service position, I told you I was the, I was the key tag person at my home group and I uh, I loved every minute of that because all eyes were on me. I loved attention. You know, people talk about coming in and hiding in the back. Not me. I hit, I sat right in the front. I was right front row when I first got clean. And you may be thinking because I thought that, you know, nope. It was because when I got up to go to the bathroom, I had farther to travel for more people to see me. I timed yeah. my bathroom breaks so that every the room was packed when I got up. Everybody, you know, it made me a really great treasurer down the road because I knew when the most people were in the room to put it all in the basket, you know. <laughs> so <clears throat> I love being, I, I that was my first introduction. Obviously not very selfless, but it still put me in a good place. And uh, I had 90 days clean when I punched, I talked about punching, you know, validating my membership card and punching that ticket. Uh, and I went to my first ASC and I just, I walked into this room and it was like out of a movie, you know, I felt like I, you know, looking back on it, my memory makes me think it was like a forties newspapers, like wall street, you know, it was like the hustle and bustle and there were people yelling at each other and papers flat, you know, it was so amazing to me when I walked in I was like, I knew as soon as I walked into that ASC that I had found my place. <laughs> this was my thing. And I, you know, I sat down and it was a rickety old fire barn. Uh, and I sat down and, you know, pulled out my cigarettes and started smoking. And they, we went through the beginning and I was just like a, a wide eyed, you know, and uh, they said all in favor of a vote of confidence for the RCM. And, and I had just over 90 days clean and I had no idea what any of that, you know, no clue, a vote of confidence for an RCF. So I had no idea what I was doing. All in favor. I saw people raise their hands. So what do I do when I don't know what to do? Exactly. Just raise my hand. I didn't, I had no. And the woman next to me stood up and she was like, hey, you do you know what you're doing? And I was like, ah, no, I don't. She's like, do you know what an RCM is? I'm like, no. She's like, do you know what a vote of confidence is? I'm like, no, I don't know. 
And she stood up and she, I mean, obviously not the most spiritual way to do that, but she like yelled at the chairperson for not going slower and taking time to educate the newer member. And he was, a he, she was probably five, maybe three, four. He was six foot big guy. You know, she was this little thing. He was this big man. And he apologized to her, apologized to the body and slowed down so that the person like me could hear and understand better. And I said, I wanted to be like that woman so bad. I wanted to be so strong like that and care about the newcomer, like the way that she cared about the newcomer in that moment. And I was so inspired by seeing other women in recovery that I literally, I have never left my ASC. I've been in every, I've been serving at my area service committee for over 21 years because that woman, I shared that story recently and somebody, and I'm going to get like a little emotional about this, but somebody said that I was that woman for them one day. And I was like, what? like, I, I, she was so inspirational and I served in my area service committee and I can, you know, I, I want to make sure, you know, and I'm glad that you picked up on, I want to make sure that I'm not conf, you know, confused about this. I have a home group and that is the most important place for me to be of service. In addition yeah. to my priority, I also, you know, I just wrapped up a term, a second round through as the chair of my AC, ASC. I, you know, I, I think I've held every service position out of my area, blah, 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 blah. I now, you know, I am currently serving our region. I do convention committees for our area. I was just the programming chair for our area's convention. I now I'm at, I serve at region. I just wrapped up chair of region. I was fellowship development at region. I have all, you know, I've been an active member of our region. And I'm so humbled. I just recently accepted a nomination as our alternate delegate for the New England region. And now I'm going to be serving. I know. And now I'll be I'm a conference participant and all these really fancy people. And I'll say all these really fancy things. And it's like, you know, I was talking to a friend and it's like, who would have thought like I, I've admired their tenacity and their dedication to this program, our board member and like all my sponsor is a board member. Like I am just so in love and with so because we are the same people we believe the same way like we and to think that like and again i am not confused i'll take the greeter position over sitting at the world service conference any day it you know any day but i'm still so humbled and grateful that i serve in an area i serve in a region and i'm serving at the world service conference and i'm like super excited about that too and I just continue to peel these layers, not only in my personal step work, but in the places I could go in service too. There's always so much to learn. And there's so much, so many people, you asked about networking, so many people. And the and again, I talked about that love of the fellowship at my home group. And through sponsorship, which we will get to, I've learned that this is a worldwide fellowship and the love of the people in our service structure and the new connections and you know, just the, I asked a good friend of mine uh, who's a, a board member if he would come and share at a service symposium that we're having. And I asked him to pick a topic and he picked GSR basics. And I said, this is why I love you so much. He could have picked anything and he didn't. He picked GSR because that's where that where right. Those higher levels of service are so important. And he just said to me back, he's like, that's it. That's what it took. You were on the fence this whole time. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, you know, back up. But it's so it doesn't matter. Like those things don't matter. It's about GSR basics, greeter at my home group, 
and building relationships with like-minded people where I have found them, um, you know, throughout our entire structure. So yeah, I know probably a loaded question you weren't expecting such a long response on, but yeah, no, I am definitely a service enthusiast and it's, uh, you know, it's my favorite part. <laughs> yeah. That just, you know, I, I found myself getting emotional while you're sharing that, you know, just thinking about the 90 day key tag girl. Right, right. A delegate like that is—that's just—it's incredible, and and I feel the same way. Um, I'm 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 all about the service, and you know I've been doing service since I first got clean. I walked in my my first service position, obviously was chairing a meeting at my home group. Uh, second service position was I was sitting in H and I meetings when I was ninety days clean. You know, until eventually the GSR, the secretary, the treasurer, all that. And, you know, I'm currently the um, chair of our area. So oh, that's a, yeah, and a bunch of other things on the convention committee and all yeah. this. Uh, but I just love it. Like, I don't, I, I, I just, I see people who have fell in love with service and they have the most attractive programs to me. And I want to be just, you know, that, I want to do what they do, you know, like, like you said, like that lady, like that lady that, that resonated with me so much because I went to, um, my first area meeting was in Nashville and Nashville at that time had, they had two areas that met together because they had this thing called Metro where they were trying to rebuild the areas for some reason it got split along whatever. <laughs> Nobody even remembers why. But they were trying to, and it was so confusing, all the things. That I was just like, I was the a GSR, probably had a maybe a year clean. I don't even know if I had a year clean. Uh, nobody in my home group wanted to be the GSR, so I was like, I'll do it. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I didn't know what GSR meant. Yeah, right. uh, well, the GSR goes to the ASC to collect a conscience for the RSC so that the RDAD can attend the WSC and vote on things like this car and the cat. I mean, what yeah. you don't know what that means. Yeah, <laughs> but actually a guy who is a world board member now pulled me to the side and very similar he's like you don't have an, any clue what's going on I said, you're right i don't have a i don't have the first inkling of what the hell any of this was and he just started he's like well let's talk about this first motion and he just broke it down in simple form put in layman and like i thought that was just you know looking back on that I, from when I first walked in, I thought there's no way I can do this. After talking to him, I thought there's nothing else that I want to do. Ooh, I love that. You know, so yeah, I can relate to that story, and it, uh, I find I, I've had very similar um, uh, situations and and people who have carried me through service and taught me about service and loved on me and when I didn't know what the hell I was doing. All right, and uh, to think like. Like you like to still look back at myself at 90 days clean and think what that girl would have thought of me now. If I've ever <laughs> been confused about what I'm yeah. doing here, it, that little girl, she's pretty damn proud of me. Oh, no doubt. That girl wouldn't have known what the, she wouldn't, she wouldn't have known what a delegate was or did or any of that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh. Man, that's yeah, that's that's a fantastic story. I I just love it. Uh, well, I guess without further ado, let's dive into the topic today. 
Uh, this is of all the IPs, this is one of my favorites. Uh it's one of the ones that my home group uses regularly. Um and it's constantly referring people who are new or are not even new. Uh it, we're constantly referring people with any questions about sponsorship to this IP. Um but anyways, so the IP today is sponsorship. It's IP number eleven. Uh this came out in it was first copyrighted in nineteen eighty three and I believe it was revised in two thousand and four. Uh and this is kind of the who's what's whys and how's of sponsorship. So I guess uh I'll I'll hand it back over to you and let you do some or, or you can comment on it and then we can uh we'll talk about the who's and the what's and all that. Sponsorship IP, of course, was one of the first ones that I was told to pick up and read, right? I think everybody, you know, oh, I'm looking for a sponsor. What, what, What is a sponsor? How do I get a sponsor? What do I do about sponsor? And then, you know, a lot of times, uh, you know, people give the assignment of write, write on a paper what you think sponsorship is and what you're looking for in a sponsor. And they, all, you know, and I grab the sponsorship IP. It's a great guide. You know, so reading the sponsorship IP, I read it really early on in my recovery. I refer to it quite often. I ask my sponsees to read it before we start working together, make sure that we're on the same page. Because I know when I, you know, a sponsor, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to get a sponsor in Narcotics Anonymous and I'm going to put their name on my NA shirts and they're going to give me money to run in the NA relay. You know, like I didn't understand what a sponsor was. I didn't know what that meant. I didn't understand. And then they told me that they were going to guide me in my recovery. And I was like, where are those hot guys from H&I? You know, like I was very, I didn't understand the purpose of sponsorship. Uh, and so then, of course, I actually surprise, surprise, there's answers in our literature. If you actually take, you know, if I actually took the time to read the information, who knew? Who knew? Who knew? Right. They were on to something. Um, so I took the time to read it. And I, it was it the thing about the sponsorship IP that I love the most. And although this may be an unpopular opinion, I feel the same way about the sponsorship book is that it doesn't give us answers. It, it gives us options. And it tells us what it could be if it's what we're looking for. And just like everything else in NA, it's really up to us to decide what it is that we're looking for and then go out and get that. Of course, we have guides and suggestions and things like that. But um, you know what? I love that this IP just challenges my thinking and doesn't necessarily challenge my actions. Yeah, well, we may lose some some viewers over this, but it'll be okay. I love all forms of our literature. I'm just a I'm a big fan. I love the sponsorship book and in the the kind of the path that it takes, like you were talking about. It it's not this is how you do it, A, B, C, D, do it this way. And no, it's it's all suggestions and experience and you know, that's what our program's built on. This IP will go on to talk about uh, sponsorship is not, you know, a therapist or, or, or anything like that. It is a person who is sharing their experience of their program to help you get through your program, you know, and uh, that's the same idea that the sponsorship book takes. Right. You know, exactly. 
right, you very the sponsorship book all the time? No, of course not. I don't, you know, I don't reference the sponsorship book in my everyday, like I do our no. other pieces of literature, but it doesn't make it, it doesn't serve any less of a purpose. There is it's a purpose. A it's a, Another tool. Exactly. It's a tool. It's something to turn to. It has a lot of great experiences and different, you know, things that other people have, you know, and we are built upon experience. So I'll get any experience I can get because my life depends on that. Yeah, it's it's much like when what I was told when I was brand new, when somebody shares in a meeting something that I don't agree with, they used to tell me, take what you need and leave the rest. I, I actually disagree with that. Yeah, take what you need, okay. and, take what you need and store the rest because you may need it later. Oh, yeah. And that's what me and uh, our JP and I, who recently did uh, IP9 mm -hmm. talking about how we heard so many things in the beginning that we couldn't understand or didn't make any sense but that we found ourselves using two or three years later right. right like it's it was like a piece to the puzzle and it's you know we don't even know if we can remember what who we heard share it or where that came from but <laughs> exactly. when we needed the we needed the tool for the experience we had it but yeah i agree with that it's just that's what they told me in the beginning. And, and the idea behind that was, you know, don't get caught up on what you disagree with. Right. Just take what you need for that current time and, you know, roll on with it. Like I've, I don't want to be controversial, but <laughs> it frustrates me when I hear people say stuff about the spiritual principle of the day book, they pick out one reading because of one spiritual principle that they disagree with being a spir spiritual principle. So they cut off the whole other 364 days because of this one day that they, like, how insane is that? And again, that is... again, somebody's, somebody out there can correct me whenever they feel they'd love to. I'd love to chit chat with you on the phone because I'd love some of your experience since you know more than I do. I, I would love that. Um, but somewhere it talks about, we don't corner the market on spiritual principles. Narcotic, we don't, we don't, there, guess what? There's a world out there as well that has spiritual principles too. Like it's, we don't own spiritual principles we don't we don't corner the market you know right right we we and part of that is our ability to practice some other spiritual principles so i agree right our experience is it's you know really really important when it comes to this kind of stuff anyways that that could be a whole nother show for <laughs> <laughs> I remember coming into uh, coming into meetings and I used to shake my head because all these mothers would be talking about kids. And I was like, where am I going for my next date? You know what I mean? Like parenting, what? Who? No, not -uh, I don't have kids. I don't want to. And I'd sit there and I'd be like, oh, a mother's meeting. And people would say, just take what you need and leave the rest. Leave, you know, and I'd be like, yeah. And I did that. And then all of a sudden I had kids. And I was like, oh, shoot, where's that stuff that I heard? You know, I had to call upon it. It may not apply today. But I don't know what's in store for me down the road. So I mean, you know, sponsorship, that may not be how I do it today. But that doesn't mean that down the road, I may not have an experience in which I'm called on to pull from something that I have heard before. Yeah. So rolling into this sponsorship, the first question I want to ask you is, did you know which one of the four guys that you were going to ask? <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. <clears throat> no, so I think I was the gonna first... have them all, right? I can have, I can have yeah, multiple. Yeah, you didn't know you had to do right. you didn't know you had to pick right. this what one. is it? Yeah. What is it called? Bisteptual? 
by Steph's school. Yeah, I love it. Uh, so the first section kind of talks about who is the sponsor. So let's kind of just go through this. Like we're assuming that the people have listened have no idea uh, what this concept of sponsorship or anything like that is. So to you, what, who is a sponsor? Um, so, uh, you know, a sponsor is somebody who is, uh, you know, first and foremost, a guide through the 12 steps. You know, I think all, for me, also, I think it's important that my sponsor or a sponsor should have experience in our traditions and concepts. Uh, I know that primarily people think that it's about steps and that's cool. You know, um, I think that I'm really grateful in my that my sponsor uh, is well-rounded in the program of recovery uh, and as a guide through the 12 steps and its relationship to my daily living. Uh, so I think a sponsor is a, is a personal relationship that I have with somebody that I trust um, that you know, trust not necessarily, trust in their guidance, uh, trust in their beliefs, trust in their practices, and that emulates a way of life that feels valuable and conducive to where I am. Uh, somebody that has a sponsor is somebody who, for me, is passionate about Narcotics Anonymous in the same way that I'm passionate about Narcotics Anonymous. We need to fan each other's flame, uh, not necessarily just her job to fan mine, but it's a reciprocal relationship, or or we hear often a two-way street. Um, a sponsor is somebody who loves me when I feel like I'm unlovable. A sponsor is somebody who is my tie back to Narcotics Anonymous when I may veer off the road a little bit. She pulls me back. Uh, a sponsor is, you know, I guess an anchor uh, to this way of life and keeps me grounded and centered and, and can call upon things that I may forget. We are each other's eyes and ears. Yeah. And you, you hit it pretty much spot on with the way it describes it in this book. I just want to share the, uh, the experience that a member shared under who is a sponsor and said, my relationship with my sponsor has been the key to gaining trust in other people and working the steps. I shared the total mess that my, that was my life and with my sponsor and he shared that he had been in the same place. He began to teach me how to live without the use of drugs, you know? And when I think about sponsor, I always love the uh, story about the addict in the hole. I'm sure you've heard that. <laughs> and if you haven't heard it, I'll, I'll, I'll tell it some other time. And so, cause it, uh, there's somebody that does a much better job who will be on this podcast again uh, of, of describing that story. But it, the concept of it is, you know, it's it's basically getting to the point of the therapeutic value of one addict helping another without par parallel and the heart of NA beats when two addicts share their recovery with each other. So the sponsor is able to be a guide for us because they're not coming from a place that they don't understand. They've been there before. So um, I have a spot. One of my sponsees' husband um, described me as this a long time ago now, but it's it was not only it was just such a compliment. And uh, you know, we talk about it all the time. You know, it kind of reminds me of the addicts and the whole story. But it's you know, if we were, he said, if we were on a boat, my sponsee and I, and my sponsee fell off the boat, it would be reasonable for a sponsor to throw a life raft and help them back into the boat. But you're going to jump in the water with that person and get them to the boat and then have them help you back in. You're not going to help. You're going to teach them how to help you back in the boat. 
Right. And that's always kind of, that's my version of the act in the whole story. It's kind of like, and it's like, oh my God. And, and again, what a compliment that that's, that's my style of sponsorship. I feel really good about that. You know, and those that get the most out of the Narcotics Anonymous program are to those for whom sponsorship is important. Uh, you know, it's sponsorship is my favorite part of the program. Right? Here, it's another one of my favorites. Oh, yeah. Uh, so under this next section, it says, what does the sponsor do? And rather than just read this, I want to I want to ask you, like. I guess this is the time that we can talk about your experience with a sponsor and what your sponsor our sponsors have done throughout um, this process of recovery for you. Yeah, this is where I'm not sure we have enough time in a day for me to talk about my experience. And so I'll try to go through this. I don't know what our time is on this, but this, hey, we're take your time, whatever you need. Okay, so um, I think it's important for the addict that's sitting out there. I think I have a pre I think I have a lot of experience that other people have found helpful to hear from somebody. So I had five sponsors my first year of recovery. I, my first sponsor was using and tricking when she was sponsoring me. I didn't know it. Uh, I met her. I was in treatment with her and she had nine months clean and how anybody, I don't know if you heard that she had nine months clean weekends and haul nine months. And I, we were in, she used like I did, we were in treatment together and she had somehow managed to put together nine months and there was no <laughs> there was no question in my mind she had to be my she was on to something she had figured it out and uh she uh she ended up using uh pretty quickly after i had asked her to sponsor she was using and she was engaging in old behaviors and i didn't know it and she didn't tell me and uh so when i found out i had to make the decision to move on and then my next sponsor worked in the treatment center that I lived in. So clearly that was like a really appropriate relationship. So I asked her to sponsor me and uh, that worked for about a half a second until somebody mentioned, you know, this thing called the conflict of interest and outside organizations and blending. And, you know, then I was, oh, yeah, that might not work too well, huh? And then I got my next sponsor who, you know, I now I had been around for a little while and I heard that saying, if you want what we have, do what we do. And so they had told me to find a sponsor that has something that you're looking for, something that you want. Find that person and ask them how they got it. So she had on really cute shoes and I loved, they were like wooden heels. They were patchwork. They were super cute, so stylish. And I wanted what she had. So I walked right over her so and I said, I really like what you have and I and I want to learn how to get it. And so she started sponsoring me. And then she taught me how she got it. And that was by stealing money from the job that she was working to pay for these really cute shoes. And I was like, I think I might have got that wrong when people said, <laughs> if you want what they have, then do what they do. I have a feeling that this isn't exactly what they meant by that. Uh, and so I, then I started getting and then, oh, like spiritually what they, oh, so I, <laughs> so I had to make the decision to move on again in sponsorship. And I found a sponsor who had what I wanted and she had the 2.5 kids and the house and the job and the car and the social acceptability and all of those beautifully packaged things that she was married and had a good relationship and she was looked good, felt good, confident, walked good. Well, and so um, I asked her to sponsor me and she said yes. And at this point I was desperate because I had heard about these things called the 12 steps. 
And I, I, I heard that they saved lives and I heard that you had to have a sponsor to do them because the only wrong way to do them was alone. So I was like, you know, I need to do steps. I need to do steps. And and she was like, okay, hold on a minute, hold on a minute. You know, let's make an appointment for step work three Tuesdays from next never. You know, it was like, and I'm not, and I'm like, I need this. I need this. And she said that she didn't know that I was a good fit for her because I was too needy. And I was devastated. I was devastated. I was too needy. And that lasted about 30 seconds before I was like, wait a minute. I don't know. I, I won't swear because I'm sure I'm not supposed to, but damn right. I'm needy. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I need to stay clean desperately. Yes, I'm needy AF. Like, yup. And I took that as a badge of honor. And I never, to this day, I have learned to never call somebody needy or responsing needy because my life depends on my willingness to work the 12 steps. I'm needy. And I wear that and I wore that as a badge of honor. And uh, and a week before I celebrated a year clean, I found the woman. Uh, who sponsored me for the next 11 years. And so I always like to be a little punny on this one. You just had to keep trying on the shoes until you found the one that fit. Yeah. And so she sponsored me through, you know, a few rounds of steps. And, uh, and then, you know, my experience with that was what's appropriate for one phase of recovery just may not be appropriate for another phase of recovery. And she taught me, each of these sponsors had taught me something. Uh, that sponsor taught me so many things. She taught me, wonderful life lessons. Uh, at this point, I was really diving into some service stuff and she didn't have a lot of experience in our service structure. And she didn't, uh, she once said to me, traditions, traditions. I don't know why we have to take things so seriously around here. And at that moment, I realized that I may need to move into a different, yeah, it's time for a new phase of recovery. And this is when I'm going to cry, but it's okay. So then I found my sponsor soulmate. I went through another sponsor, you know, in the meanwhile, who was amazing. She was wonderful. Um, you know, she was, she was very religious and I wanted to work on some spirituality and I didn't want her God, but I wanted to believe in my God, the way she believed in her God. And she helped me in my spiritual practice. She helped me really understand not in that God, but in my belief. And, um, and again, we got into a little disagreement about some of our traditions and, you know, I I had realized again that I was continuing to seek people that didn't have that had steps, but not necessarily the tradition piece. And so it was suggested to me to get a sponsor with more information on our service structure. And I found somebody who was a world board member and I asked her to sponsor me and my world just I will I am forever grateful for this. She opened my eyes to a worldwide fellowship. I had never known Narcotics Anonymous outside of the Southeastern Mass area, you know, where we do it right and everybody does it wrong. You know, I had never, I didn't realize that there were other ways and that they weren't wrong. They were just different. And that we could, you know, New Delhi or New York, right? All will be well. Our traditions talk about it, that the program in its core essence is the same. It's just our practices that are a little different. And that doesn't make anything right or wrong. Just so she, you know, I call her my sponsor soulmate. She was everything. I ne I have never found anybody who fit in that bot like she and she died um she died a few years ago and it just destroyed me because I had finally found my sponsor I found the one 
you know, the one I asked her a question about our fellowship intellectual property trust. And she turned around to me and she said, did you read it? And I said, no. And she said, then call me when you're done reading it. And I had, Ooh. and I had to sit there and read the 63, whatever, you know, I had to read the fifth before I could ask her a question on it because she wanted me to challenge myself in my understanding. She was everything to me. She was so important to me and she challenged me in ways I had never been challenged. And I love, I love her. And I'm so grateful for everything that she taught me. Uh, and she passed away. And I, and that's when my home group sponsored me because I just, I, you know, she was, she was everything to me. Uh, and I very, and, you know, I got a new sponsor because come to find out you, the, it's the only relationship for me. It's the only relationship in the world that when the other, when that person dies, you have to get in, you don't have to get a new husband when they die. You don't have to get a new dog. You don't have to get a new child. You don't have to get a new boss. You don't have to get a new anything. I had to get a new spot. There's not a choice. This isn't in case you missed it from listening to me for the past hour. This is life or death. Like I will die if I don't, I have to get a new one. Um, and I'm, and I've, so I've been working with my sponsor now since she passed away about four years ago. And I'm very happy in my relationship with my sponsor today. She, you know, she's another new perspective and she's another new, you know, we've gone through the steps and the traditions. Now we're going through the concepts together. Um, so we do a lot of work together and she it teaches me a different, another different way and another challenge, another you know, she she told me to pick up every basics handbook and read all of our basics because I asked a question about PR basics. And she said, do you have our basics? Go read them. You know, it's like, OK, yes, sponsors. So I've had, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine sponsors. I think I'm not that person that has the same sponsor since they got clean for a million years. It's just not my experience. I have had to as I have grown and changed my world has grown and changed. My needs have grown and changed. And I always, if you don't have the best, if I don't have the best sponsor for me today, I need to either work on the relationship to make it better because anything worth having is worth working on. Or I need to make the hard decision to move on. I don't, I, again, in case you're new and you haven't been listening to me share for the past hour, I never, complacency is the enemy of members with long, like, I don't want to ever get complacent. I don't ever want to think I'm good or stay stuck or this is enough. It's never, you know, I'm an addict. It's never enough. I always want more. I want more knowledge. I want more growth. I want more opportunity. I want more chances. I want more. And so I don't get comfortable. I, I get more. All right. Complacency, complace your ass in the seat. That's, that's what I do. You know what I mean? That's where I'm at with that. You know, and uh, the fact is not everybody, not everybody wants that more. Right. Not everybody's intrigued about getting involved in a new level of service or getting a better understanding or even to get them to mention the existence of the concept is, is out of some people's vocabulary. They're just unwilling to do it. Like, um, so I totally understand that. I've had to make sponsor changes uh, for different phases of my life. Uh, my first sponsor was incredible. We went through the steps. He didn't do anything wrong. He was always there for me. Uh, but as I, I, I met this, uh, I met this girl, and we ended up getting married. And I needed a new. Uh, I guess um, I needed 
some more guidance and I was in a different season in my life and I needed somebody who had experience with that. And God bless my first sponsor. That is not his expertise. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I had, I made a change because I, I wanted to be influenced by somebody who had a successful marriage and, and was really good with relationships. And then, you know, my networks kind of changed too. Like, um, it went from, you know, people who were pushing all the boundaries of recovery and all the limits to, you know, people who are involved in the service structure, like, like, like what you're talking about, because that's what intrigues me and that's what I want to be a part of. And, but yeah. My first uh, sponsor really acclimated me to a new way of life. She was my first. Yeah. She taught me, <clears throat> I'll never forget. And I still talk to her. I, we still, cause and that's another thing that's really important. Just because the relationship as a sponsor didn't work out doesn't mean that the relationship didn't work out. It just changes right. its role. So we still talk. You know, she has, she's a wonderful person. But like something that's kind of maybe, maybe not, you know, maybe people will disagree with this. But like, I remember showing up to a party at her house in, in celebration of December 25th. We, you know, we went to her house in celebration of a special day. <clears throat> for us, it was a special day. And we were asked to bring gifts that we were going to randomly exchange. So I showed up with my gift in a, in a plastic shopping bag and I was ready for, and she taught, she sat me down and taught me how to wrap a gift. And she, and I had, I got married and she sat me down and told me I had to do thank you. I, thank you. What? I had to <laughs> thank you. And I sat at her table and she taught me how to do thank you cards. And she taught me how to wrap gifts and she taught me recipes and she taught me how to cook food and make desserts and how to bring dishes to party. She taught me the things that I didn't know coming in at 21 years old from a club. Like she taught me things that I didn't, that was her role in my life. And when I learned about those things and I needed to take a new role, I just got a new perspective. Just shifted a little bit when my where my priorities changed, you know, then then I needed to find a sponsor that could teach. So I still every time one of my sponsees shows up with a gift in the plastic bag, I just smile and I know I remember that. I remember that, you know. And I sit them down and I remind them my first sponsor had to do this with me too, and I'll show you the ways. My mother used to always say, two saddest words in the English language are if and only." That alone, they mean nothing, but when put together, they could destroy lives. And, yeah. and the opposite of that for me is the two words that heal us the most, the most powerful words that heal us the most, that mean nothing separated, but everything together is me too. Me too. Me too. Exactly. Girl, come here with that gift. I, me too. You know, I'll show you. Let's wrap it together. No doubt. You know what? What intrigues me about your story of sponsorship is the fact that you didn't get discour discouraged and you didn't give up. Like you just, you kept looking and I've seen so many people who, you know, have, have, have kind of not found that what you said that, that, uh, uh, what was it? Your sponsorship? What, what, what did you, how did you define her? My spot, my sponsorship sold me. Your sponsorship soulmate. Yeah, I've seen so many people who haven't found that within the first couple of tries. And so if I may, you know, can I share? Yeah, go ahead. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. So again, people, you know, teach their own. I met my husband very early in my recovery, uh, and he had a sponsor. And uh, his sponsor, the la base, long story short, the last thing 
his sponsor said to him was to give me a fair shot. And then he died. And he died after my husband and I had been dating for three months. Uh, and he died. So, I mean, if people are doing the math, I'll make it easy for you. I had 45 days clean when I met my husband. We've been married for, we've been together for 21 and a half years and we'll be married for 17. He had four years clean when we met. Uh, and he, his, I met him in October and his, his sponsor died in December. And the, and he was like, do I do this? Should I do that? Like, is it okay if she's a newcomer? Like, is it okay? Uh, and he said, just give her a fair shot. Don't, don't use her and throw her away. Don't make your recovery, her recovery, separate. He taught him who in turn taught me how to have a relationship in recovery. We don't go to meetings together. We don't sit together. We don't serve together. We uh, each other's home groups are off limits. Like we learned how to do our way, the way it works for us. We learned how to do that because of him. And he died 21 and a half years ago. My husband has never found another sponsor. He just asked somebody last month. Wow. Who ironically is the husband of my first sponsor. Wow. Is it, so it's hey. like, you know, you some people, you know, they don't, in the right season, right? A full fruit of a labor of love lives in the harvest, which always comes in its right season. Yeah. Now, have you stayed out of that for all this time? It's none of my business. I, I love that. And we don't, we don't mix. We don't, I married a man. I did not marry a fellow member. Love it. So that's how, you know, and I'm not, you know, that's just how it works for me. We, we got together very early in our recovery and we have worked very hard to make sure that our marriage does not interfere with our own individual recovery. We have a very, you know, I, I believe we have a very healthy relationship. We're very happy together. We both promote each other's independence. We don't, we're, we're, you know, I, I wouldn't change anything about my marriage. I, we are a good team. We work well together in our strengths and we stay out of each other's. You know, we encourage each other to grow, but not at the expense of crossing the line. That's uh, <laughs> that, that story is so similar that it is insane. Yeah. Uh, I'd love to hear that one. Nick. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, not to digress into relationships, but that little sponsorship tie. You never, you said, you know, don't give up or that never get another one. Never yeah. doesn't always mean never. It just may mean a very long time until, you know, when the student is ready, the teacher comes. That's right. Oh, uh, yeah, but our stories are so similar. My wife and I, um, we, we met, you know, and she had maybe six months. I had four years. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, but yeah, we're the same exact way. Like what she does in her program is complete. Like it's none of my business and I stay out of it. We're and very different. My husband. I'm even hesitant when she asks me certain questions. Uh, you know, I'm even hesitant to give my answer. Like I don't even want to go there and yeah, it's been great. Yeah. I love, yeah. Uh, I can, I can see where talking about sponsorship I see where that relationship with a sponsor and, and letting down some of the walls and, and facing some of my insecurities with a sponsor has just, you know, it, it's why this relationship, it's why my part of this relationship is successful. I'll put it that way. Yeah. Um, all of yeah. my sponsors have all, all of them have been married except for those first five, those first five. I mean, those first five. you know, yeah. we don't talk about them <laughs> the first five. <laughs> mm. 
but since then it's that's you know what is a sponsor yes a sponsor but i also they share their own experience with me you know and, and there's parts of the if i'm looking on how to have a relationship right i told you i did a round of steps with a sponsor on relationships i need to trust that they have managed to apply the principle our guiding principles and our traditions and and steps in their relationships to teach me how to do it so those are the tools that our sponsors so it's important for me to have a sponsor who's you know, now I've identified it's important for me to have a sponsor who's in a relationship, who, you know, they can't be all things to all people. My current sponsor does not have children. You know, there's no, it is what it is. I have a network for things like that and in previous sponsors and friends and even sponsees, each one teach one. Yeah. And that's where we're rolling into right now. That's, uh, I, 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 I must know because it's two-way street. And just from hearing you, I can, I can just imagine, um, how very fortunate your sponsees are and, and I can just imagine what they think of you. Uh, so, uh, just kind of talk about how important your sponsees have been to you. And, and if it's anything like me, I know, you know, they say it's a two way street, but I just hope and pray I can give them half of what they give me. Oh, gosh. No, you really yeah. no. Oh, my gosh. Like I shared with you my journey through sponsors. I have I have girls that have been through this with me. All the you know, all the difference. And they've never given up on me. They have been patient with me. They have loved me through my process. My sponsor that passed away, she <clears throat> she her services were in California. We live in Massachusetts. I had two of my sponsees, one of them I don't sponsor anymore, but I had two of my sponsees without question hop on a plane with me and support and fly across the country for two days while we went to her services just so they could be there to hold my hand. Mm. You know, they, my girls love me in a way that I, I I wonder if I'll ever be able to love myself like that. You know, they look to me and it's not, it's not, you know, I don't want it to be weird, you know, nepotistic or whatever, but it's like they, I, Again, if you're just tuning in, I make a lot of mistakes. <laughs> I am, you know, I am not, I am the, I am far from perfect. And I always say this, my girls love me not in spite of me, not in spite of my faults, but because of my faults. One, one of my yeah. girls always reminds me that the most attractive quality that I have for her is my relatability. I don't pretend to be anybody that I'm not. I am unapologetically me in all my good, in all my bad. And I love you unapologetically for who you are and, and the relationship that I have with my sponsees. Uh, you know, they are my girls and, you know, we are very close and not everybody believes, you know, it talks about my sponsor, my current sponsor will tell you, I, I disagree with her, but she will tell you we're not friends. I think we're friends, you know, I believe in our friendship and she, but she is very clear that this is our sponsorship relationship. I consider her my friend and I tell her that she's my friend and I love you, but my girl, my sponsees, we have built friendships. It's hard yeah. for me not to build a friendship with myself, the intimate relationship that I have with my girls. So, you know, I sponsor 10 women. Uh, I have a lot of sponsees. I, I, we do a lot of things together. I ask my sponsees to do what I do and therefore it binds us together. We, you know, all my, we all go to a minimum of four meetings a week. 
Uh, we all have a home group. It's imperative. You know, I don't sponsor women who don't have home groups and service positions in their home group. So, you know, and service is not a position on a committee. It's a posture of the heart. So I don't care if you don't have a position, but you better be sitting in that home group, you, that business meeting. You know, you want to sit there and just be, that's okay. But I don't sponsor people that don't have a home group. I don't sponsor people that are not committed to the step work process. I don't sponsor people that are not willing to build a relationship with a power greater than themselves. I don't sponsor women that don't go to meetings. And I don't sponsor people that aren't willing to reach a hand to a newcomer. That if if you're willing to do those things, then I'm willing to do them with you, because uh, that's what I do. So that that's what I do with my sponsees, and they all, you know, all my sponsees are very active in our service structure. They're all very active in their recovery, and they encourage me and keep me going. And you know, we just traveled out with eight girls to uh, the 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 convention in Southern California. We just traveled out there with in sponsorship. We got together. We traveled together. We are we go to each other all the children's birthday parties together. I have a sponsee. My daughter is fourteen. She met my spon. She met my daughter when she was four years old. She just wrote her a, a letter of recommendation for her high school and started tearing up because she's watched my daughter. Cry. My sponsees have watched my daughter grow up. You know, it's like how can we not have a friendship? I I wiped you kids butts <laughs> you know we we watch each other's children while we do meetings together we alternate we have all these fun we do the 12 traditions we're doing the 12 traditions right now as a whole we do them individually one-on-one -on -one. we do them in groups we do them each one teach one i have relationships with my sponsee sponsees i believe in sponsorship families i know you know by everybody that just walked out of this podcast me too me too. I believe in the family unit. I believe in nobody better call me a grandma, you know, like none of that business, you know, I'll be, a, you know. um, but I believe in, in the family aspect of it and our teaching our, my sponsees, their sponsees, theirs, we get together, we have sponsorship events. We celebrate sponsorship day every first Sunday in December. We have a huge like event and our sponsor sponsees and sponsees and sponsees and everybody comes and we celebrate. I was taught very early on that this is a we program and that we were yeah. together. And I, I absolutely promote that energy and that atmosphere. And, um, you know, my girls do too. Yeah. Uh, I've, I'd feel remiss to talk about sponsorship and not at least touch on the importance at least in my experience of 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 that sponsorship family and just like you talked about like we we don't only get together or like every six months we have a retreat uh but we don't only get together and do that every other sunday we get together and we go through the guiding principles you know a question at a time together and and we're learning the traditions together and we're you know and we're look I'm in there with some old school people. I'm telling, I'm talking about I've been around for 40, 50 plus years and they're becoming open because of the newer people. Like they're, we're finally starting to have some conversation on concepts and, and different things like that. Like, you know, so there's progress being made there. And, and I, I just, I don't know what my recovery would look like had I not been blessed enough to be a part of that. Like, I just, I love that, you know, and um, I didn't have that. I didn't have that when I was growing up in sponsorship. And so it's right. so important for me to provide that because I wish that I had that. I wish that I had a relationship with my, when my sponsor that passed away, we did this before she passed away. It was before any sort of pandemic or any sort of, before any of that stuff, 
we used to meet with women around. There was somebody in Poland. There was somebody in Israel. We met together every month and went through the 12 steps together. We went through each step every month. We met faithfully online. And so I, 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 that my sponsor sold me. She taught me that she taught me about the benefits that could come. And like, you know, we don't do every other Sunday, but we do the, we do the last Sunday of the month and we go through the guiding principles. And every time one of my grand sponsees comes up with that bridge question to a concept, it's a great opportunity to, to introduce these concepts to some of our newer, that guiding principles book is I just, you know, the the intro, it's such a great piece of literature and it's such a great opportunity, minus the, I'm not a huge fan of the anonymity. What does a step teach you about anonymity? What is anonymity? Every tradition, the anonymity is like, ah. Oh. Yeah. But the bridge questions are my favorite and it's such a great Love discussion them. point. Yeah, and look, we've been going over it for years, for, well, I say years, probably three years. Uh. And we just started tradition four. Yeah, right. And we every other Sunday. Right. So we're it's actually, um, we're actually starting tradition four too, ironically. Yeah. It's it's been uh it brings about some incredible discussions and you know, things that you just never think about when you get of course there's ten of us that do it. My sponsorship family's much bigger than that. And actually I was talking about doing step work earlier. Uh there's the way that we're doing it. My sponsor and a sponsee brother of mine and one of his sponsees, a four of us are going to get on Zoom and go through them together because we all live in different areas. But, you know, so. Um, I do one-on-one -on -one step work. It's really, I, I want to, like, I make sure because some I've heard other sponsors only do it in groups. And, oh, no. And that's a thing. That's not my thing. I no. This is supplemental. I want to make sure, that, you know, before it gets confusing. There's never yeah. a time where I'm not writing one-on-one -on -one with my sponsor and I'm not writing one-on-one -on -one with each one of my sponsees. Last night, I just went over step work with a sponsor. Yesterday morning, I went over with step work with a sponsee. This morning, I'm going over step. I just finished going over with a sponsee. Tonight, I have a step work appointment with a sponsee. I have another one on Friday. Like I, I devote a lot of time going one-on-one -on -one through the 12 steps. This is in addition to. It's... I always um, get the whole, like I was doing this tradition group and we have some of our newer members that are just learning our traditions. And I have a sponsee, you know, that will always say, I didn't really get too much out of it because we had to go, you know, kind of like, it was kind of geared towards the new person. I, I'm not really getting that much out of it. Well, what are you giving to it? Right. Maybe this isn't about you getting, it's about teaching you how to give. Yeah. And it's a different perspective in a group because it's not just me teaching you. It's it's not just me going through it with you. It's teaching you how to do it with others, which is where the family aspect really comes in because we, you know, literally traditions. These are things we pass along to our next generations and patterns and things that we have picked up. And the more, again, right, more, I'm an addict, the more information I have, the better prepared I am for this near fatal catastrophe that I am living with every day. Yeah, I agree completely. No, when I first got uh clean, my home group that I live in a small town. Uh, so it's 35, 40 miles to the next meeting outside of the one that was in my hometown. Well, when I first got there, uh, it was a really tight knit group. 
and it was great for um support and step work and you know sponsorship but one thing that wasn't really big was traditions and understanding that and how to apply them and even at that time we were actually rogue we weren't even a part of an area when i first got there and um the home group was great but you could we had no idea what it would be today and eventually there were some members who got sponsors outside of that group started learning about traditions then several of us fell in love with the traditions and we learned all the the hard ways of how to get your home group to apply them <laughs> uh coming in with an iron fist and going this shit is not the way that it's supposed to be and you need to we got to change that's not the way to do it uh but over time we started implementing those and they become the basis on what our group was built on was the principles in those traditions and i'm gonna tell you like it changed drastically my first my first few times leading groups on the traditions uh we used to call ourselves it was a, a group on social media we had a private group on a social media page and we created um like it was like questions from our guiding principles and we had to you know like our third tradition when we did our third tradition i gave everybody an assignment to um write a welcome letter to the newcomer version of themselves if you were a newcomer and you were walking in what would you want somebody to say to you so we all had to write you know how that other place that we talked about that you know that other place told us to write goodbye letters to our disease. You know, this is writing welcome letters, right? My sponsor reminds uh, me, this isn't a program of stopping. It's a program of starting. It's not about stopping using. It's about starting a new way of life. So it's not about goodbye. It's about welcome. And so we, we you know, that, but we used to call ourselves the traditionators. Yeah. <laughs> we had shirts and everything. I love it. Yeah. I love it. But uh, if, if, if it's not a big part of your home group, you don't know what you're missing, you know, just, and all it looked, yeah. I know it could see, oh, it, it, it was overwhelming at times, you know, because it felt like you were one of the only, you and another person were the only ones that were passionate about it, but that's all it takes. And it's, know, and go. that's where, I mean, if that's not the best tie to sponsorship, I don't know, because it's a sponsor's responsibility. It's my responsibility. To, so yeah. not the only person in the room that has some information. I don't want it, right? They tell me all the time, don't be the person in the room with the most amount. Don't be the smartest person in a room. Never be the smartest person in a room. I, so I have a responsibility to teach others how to think for themselves and gain the knowledge that they need so that it's not just one person, that it's a, a we. So we, I, I must devote time, energy, and educate. That's my job as a sponsor is to not, not you know, not all my sponsees sponsor the way that I sponsor. So this is right. about uniformity at all. It's about giving them the tools they need to learn their own way, to, earn, to, to learn their own path, but give them the tools so that they can be confident in what they're doing. I know that there's many different ways to do this. The most important thing is that we do it. Yeah. And I think, hey, look, I think sponsorship is the key to uh, the, you know, you were talking about fellowship development earlier. You know, I think that, that's the key. That's what the future of our, of our service structure and, and all that depends on, you know, it, it usually comes from it being made attractive through sponsorship or gaining the knowledge from 
sponsorship. You know, if we have 90% of the people in the fellowship walking around going about, yeah, I'm going to, you know, the steps is where it's at. And I don't really do that area stuff. They, all they do is fight up there. And I, I don't really, you know, like we can't, I understand people are like that and that's okay, but we can't all be like that. Like we have a, my, we have a lot of things that need to be done. All know? my sponsees attend area. Yeah. That's how it is. Like, you know, it was a, it, I had to chuckle and there was other members that chuckled with me when I looked around and the ASC is like, takes a strong majority in women. Our ASC is primarily women, not because they're mine, yeah. but just because that's what the women see other women and, you know, friends come and the kids come and we build, we built an environment where women felt, you know, and, and, you know, you know, I'm not saying anything, obviously, but it was cool to look out and be like, okay, like we're making this attractive for those that have yet to come. It's so important. And sponsorship is your first, it talks about it in, um, I think our, our, our fourth step. I don't remember. Somebody will tell me I'm not one of those on page 52 in the, that's not my style. I'm not either. Wait, wait, wait. It's the essence of behind the words that it is more than just the word, but it talks about those of us that have um, been afraid of a four step will will say that our ability to have healthy relationships started in our fourth step. And that's because of a relationship with the sponsor. The sponsor yeah. is the key to other healthy relationships. Your first, my first relationship, I told you was that woman who taught me how to wrap a gift. She was the first woman I told things to that I've never told anybody. She still holds that for me. That was my first introduction to okay, there are people who's not out there to get me. There are people that believe in, that Narcotics Anonymous is a place that I'm safe. And I learned that through sponsorship. And it's my job to make sure that when I'm doing step work with my sponsees, that they always get a me too, an unconditional love, a, no judge, like not, I've been there. Maybe I haven't been there in, right? Second step, Maybe not in the same geographic locations, but the same hangouts of horror that our spirits visited every time we use. Maybe I don't know what it's like in detail, but I know that hangout of horror that my spirit visited yeah. each and every time I used. And upon that common ground, we can recover together. No judgment, unconditional love, hand in hand. I will walk you through this and keep you safe. Like that, it's really important. I'm very close with my sponsees and I, I believe in that. Very, very much. Because me too. I've been there before. Now get in the car. We're going to area. That's it. I'll tell you all about my experience. Yeah. No, I know that, that was see and that's <laughs> interesting. People say that. Is this how your sponsor does it with you? No. But it's what I it's what I wanted. Yeah. She didn't teach she yeah. wasn't no, she didn't go that. to area. She still doesn't. She's not an area person. She's just not. That's not my first sponsor. You know, my sponsor now, I don't think she attends her area, but when I was looking for a new sponsor, I mean, can, you know, the interview process, it was really important for me before I asked somebody to be my sponsor, I asked them a few simple questions. Can you tell what my number one most important question to ask a sponsor was? You want to guess? What is your service position? What is your home group? Where is your home group? Yeah, there you go. That's it. My sponsor must have a home group. They've been right. involved in a home. Are you hugging a newcomer that walks through the door? Like, are, is that a priority for you? Yeah. You know, that's like, that's, those are the relationships. Those are the things that that's what is most. And then from there, I can build what's important to me. 
So I don't sponsor the same way my sponsor sponsors. I sponsor the way I would want to be sponsored. Yeah. And my sponsees can choose to sponsor the way that I sponsor or a way that they choose. And it's not my yeah. job to tell them they're doing it wrong. It's my, you know, if my sponsee has an understanding of a God that I don't believe in, it's not my job to tell her that her understanding, it's my job to meet her where she's at. You know, I have a sponsee that doesn't believe in um, everything happens for a reason. She hates that. She, <laughs> he does not like that. She gets very upset. So it's my job not to try to make her believe that everything happens for a reason or to get her to tolerate when I say it. It's my job to listen to her needs and, and meet her where she is in her own understanding, not the way I think or the way, well, it's not, that's not what it's about. So I never say that to her because that's important to her. Even though that's what I believe everything happens for a reason, she doesn't. So I don't say those things to her. Sponsorship oh, yeah. is about just like in service and facilitation and all this. It's about listening. I love that. Yeah. That's uh sponsorship and on both sides is just man, it's is just a beautiful thing. It is um it has helped me in all of my relationships uh outside of that. And you know, it I, I'm with you. And and actually this pamphlet actually says it that it's a two-way street and it may not uh or what does it say it says it may not be a uh or it may not end in a friendship but a sponsor is not necessarily a friend right but someone who whom we may confide but like my sponsor i have been more intimate with my sponsor than i have any human being that's ever existed you know so uh it's hard not to be not hard to feel like they're a friend exactly like, what is a friend is somebody i can fight in somebody you know i can rely on somebody that's dependable and consistent like everything my sponsor is that's friendship to me and yeah. it's and we talk about it all the time you know and right or wrong again sponsorship is unique to each individual so you know say what you will but um, there are times when my sponsees will say take off your sponsorship hat for a minute i just need my friend and, yeah. and there are times where my, you know, I will say, am I, am I answering this as your sponsor or your friend? Like, which, what, what are you wanting me to listen? Or are you looking for feedback? Which one are we here? Who's coming to this conversation? And as long as we can both do that, then we're, then we're okay. It's when the line yeah. gets blurred that things begin to be a problem. When the friendship starts to, when all of us, and that's happened. Unfortunately, that has happened where a friendship has gotten in the way of a sponsorship relationship where the friendship where you can't hear me as a sponsor, you can only hear me as your friend. And when that happens, we need to make an adjustment. Maybe the friendship is our primary relationship and you should find a new sponsor. You know, sometimes yeah. that happens. And there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. And You know, that's like trying to stop two people from hooking up. That's impossible to try to control that. <laughs> like if you're going to be, if you're going to be a friend uh, if you're if you're destined to be friends, I don't I don't think anything's going to stop that. So right, you just have to, like you said, evaluate it. And if and again, where you, know, you learn the skills to have that kind of honest, open communication with somebody that you try. I mean, where did we learn this stuff from? All yeah. of our relationships come from our most intimate, which is our sponsor. Sponsorship it didn't come from me. That's from sure. <laughs> yeah. Right. My favorite thing is always fuck it. It'll be all right. Yeah. Right. We'll just keep doing it. It'll be okay. Right. World's a scary place if I go with my first thought. Ooh. 
No doubt. So before we wrap it up, I want to talk about the very simplest form uh, of this IP, which is uh, how do I get a sponsor? So do you want to just touch on that for the people that are new wondering after they've heard all this, surely they want a sponsor now. <laughs> yeah, right. You absolutely yeah. yeah. So I think, you know, how do we get a sponsor, right? I mean, I'm pretty sure it actually says it in the IP, which I'm not, you know, I don't have right in front of me, but we go to meetings. You ask one. But how do you get one? You ask. It's as simple as that. You just ask. Um, you know, but again, like I had said earlier, I think it's so important to vet people for sponsorship, you know. Um, on so I'm going to put on, I'm going to put on my newcomer hat for okay. a second. Love that. And I'm going to ask you something that's frequently asked. Sure. Uh, so what if they say no? I mean, you have two choices. Do you always accept no as your first answer? Anything worth having is worth working for. Sometimes a no just means not now. It doesn't mean no forever. It just means maybe they don't have the capacity. Maybe, you know, I knew somebody. I'm not going to make a call as to whether I agree with this or not. Who told people that if they wanted them to sponsor them, they had to call them every day for 30 days. But the person never answered. And they wanted to see how many days in a row they would actually call if they didn't pick up the phone. Not mm. that I agree, you know, or disagree with that. But just because somebody says you know, they may just want to know if you'll ask again. Somebody asked me to be their sponsor one time. I said, no, I didn't have time. I wasn't able to do it. And then they said, okay. They never said another word about it. Day one, they got in the car for me to go to a meeting with them. And they said, hey, I wanted to ask you a question. Oh, yeah, what's up? What does the abuse of addiction mean to you? And I would answer the question. Next day, they'd get in the car. How has your disease been, been active recently? And we would talk. And then day three they would get in the car and they would say how does your disease affect you physically mentally and i'm like wait a minute why does this sound like the step working guide every day you have and she's like well you said no but i didn't want to take no we've been doing step work for four days before you just realize that we've been going over step one and i'm like touche my friend and i started sponsoring <laughs> you know sometimes and no doesn't mean no and if they do say no then you just have to trust and if it does it if it is a no you have to trust that your higher power has somebody ready, you know, and that we don't know who our teacher is going to be. Just keep trying. Yeah. And the IP says we need to reaffirm our faith and ask someone else. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, but that's, that's one of, I guess, you know, for a lot of people, that's one of their biggest fears is rejection, you know? So yeah, I finally worked up all this courage to finally ask somebody for them to go, I can't really do it, you know? And there's a number of reasons that we shouldn't take it personal. Oh, no. Right. But it also and a lot of times them saying no, maybe doing us a favor. And it's also part of the vetting process before you ask them, find out if they're accepting new, if they have new sponsees, do they have time? Do they have availability? They might be doing you a favor by saying no. And you just don't know it because you haven't asked those questions yet. Maybe they yeah. have a job that just, they don't have the ability, you know, but by vetting them first and asking them those questions, you'll get those answers. And ask other people in the home group. Right. Ask other people that it's there. And you can ask that person if they know of anybody that may be taking sponsees. Mm -hmm. yeah. But, yeah, so and I, the and last... Also, another important part, I think, of this one is make sure you're going to step and tradition meetings. If you're looking for somebody that has experience on steps and traditions, you may have a better luck going to step and tradition meetings to find people that are working steps and traditions. Yes. 
unless you live where I live, then just come to the only meeting in town. Hey. You have no choice. Right, 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 right. And I, uh, we I don't... will, we will be discussing steps and traditions and concepts and all those things at 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 our meeting. We have yeah, a rotating not... format at my home group. It's the first week is the we do a meditation, lights out, candlelit, spiritual principle a day meditation, five minute silent meditation, opened by a follow share by candle. Uh, the second week is a living clean topic. The third week is the just for today, and the fourth week is a commitment. Three speakers, one on the step of the month, the tradition of the month, and the concept of the month. And I'm I'm guessing that your home group meets once a week, right? Yeah, we don't have that luxury here. So we, uh, my home group meets seven times. Oh, well, eight, yeah, seven times a week. That's uh, because we're the only home group around. That's great. Uh, Thank you for your service. We don't, yeah, we don't have enough. So we, our home group has to meet every night in order for us to have a meeting every night. Uh, we don't have enough support. We have a lot of support, but not enough to funnel seven uh, home groups for seven individual nights. We got enough for one strong home group. So we meet uh, seven night or seven days a week, and t the first and third Friday we have an eleven p.m. candlelight meeting. Oh, I love that. Good for you. That's yeah. a lot of dedication. Thank you for your service. Yeah, it's it's and my home group's wonderful. I love it. Yeah. Um, Me too. Yeah, it's it's great. Uh, last section we'll cover that and then we'll wrap this thing up it says when should we get a sponsor <laughs> that's such a loaded question so i remember hearing somebody this is my experience with this i remember this is your experience though. yeah yeah i remember when i first came in and i heard somebody say not getting us so it's really about you know working steps right you know sponsors this isn't more in terms of working steps with sponsorship on this month but not getting a sponsor when you get clean is like going into battle and not being given a gun. Somebody said that one time that those to those people that say to wait 90 days or whatever to get a sponsor and start working steps, they're sending you into a war and not giving you a weapon to defend yourself. Uh, my thought on that is if you hand me a gun, I'm going to shoot myself in the foot. I am going to blow something. I'm not going to know what I'm going to. I need a little bit of training before I'm given a, a an automatic weapon. <laughs> Basically, if you're going to be picking the gun. Right, right, <laughs> right. So I, you know, I think that, um, I think spot in this question, I think sponsorship is a fluid concept on this one. I think your home group can sponsor you. I think that you can be sponsored by a network until you're ready to learn the tools of sponsorship and the tools of writing. You can be given assignments. I, you know, I do a whole IP assignment um, for my new sponsees that are not quite, you know, that are new, you know, quick little. So I have my sponsees find IPs one through 10. You have to find IPs number one through 10, read them all, write a paragraph about each one and tell me which one is your favorite. Well, did you find all the IPs? Oh yeah, I got them all. Oh, you, oh, you have one through 10. You have read one through. Oh yeah. Yep. I've got them all. Oh really? What's IP number three? What's IP number four? They don't, they're not, they're, we don't have IPs three and four. So um, something is telling me you might struggle a little bit with honesty. Something is telling me that you might have a hard time asking for help. And then from there, I asked them to design IPs three and four. And that's our first introduction to the conference agenda report and our service structure, how literature can happen. One addict at the top of the, it's all about the group and one addict's ID. And we talk about this whole thing. So there's other things you can do when you first get started. So when should you get a sponsor? 
you know, to each their own. I, I certainly know that the sooner the better, but Narcotics Anonymous, we don't have fire drills. Yeah. This isn't a, is a fire drill. And these open-ended questions, you're sure not going to get a definite, definite answer in these IPs. You're just going to hear experience. Yeah, like right. One of the, uh, one of the um, members shared in here, much like your story about the gun going into battle, I compared the timing of when to get a sponsor to drowning. I needed a lifesaver slash sponsor immediately. Uh, where other members took more time, you know, to vet and check out, uh, you know, make sure exactly what they need. But I, I'm with I've you. Never, like, I've never heard anybody say they got a sponsor too soon, but I've definitely <laughs> heard them say that they they waited too long. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. And look, I guess the most important thing for that newcomer is get somebody you can talk to. And a home group. A home group was my first sponsor. Yeah, get a home group. Yeah. They, they sponsored me until I was ready. They made suggestions. Sponsorship is the responsibility of the group. It may be it may be informal in its implication, but it is the responsibility of the group. It talks about that and what can we do in the basic text. See that sure one I knew. <laughs> I knew a sure chapter does. on that one. You know, it may be it may be implied in its approach and informal, but it is the responsibility of the group. So when a new member comes and they have not yet found a sponsor, it's our responsibility as group members to sponsor them until they find a sponsor themselves. Not to be like I'm, you know, not, you know forever non-professional and we are not organized we do not assign sponsors our ninth tradition you know, we don't do that we're not i'm going to be your sponsor or so and so is going to sponsor you that's not how it happens at my home group um no it will call you how are you feeling today what's going on do you need a ride to the meeting is there something you need to talk about it's our responsibility yeah and the last thing that this ip says is you may have many or you may have questions about sponsorship that this IP did not answer for you. You may have questions that we didn't answer for you. While there may not be right or wrong answers to your questions, the experience of our fellowship varies from community to community and from member to member. We do have a book on sponsorship that addresses many issues related to sponsorship in greater depth. And that's how the IP ends. Uh, so yeah, uh, it may be different in your community. It's going to be different from member to member, but, you know, I would hate to know what my life would look like had I not, you know, mustered up the courage and asked somebody to sponsor me. I think about I if I didn't have a sponsor, I wouldn't have ever done any steps. If I had never okay. had any step break experience, I wouldn't, I'm not afraid for myself. <laughs> think about the damage, right? It's, uh, it's, uh, again. Step working guide, second step, a tornado whipping through the lives of many. That's what my, I would have, I would have continued for the last 20 years to be an un, un, whatever version of myself, unmedicated through our steps. I don't know. What... <laughs> as, this, as this old timer here says, a human doing instead of a human being. My, I, the spiritual sponsor, she used to always remind me, you're a human being, not a human doing. Stop doing and just be. She's always saying, but um, <clears throat> right. I would it taught me how to be kind, and that's only through sponsorship. I don't know what my life would look like if I didn't give and live the NA way of life, which includes sponsorship. And without step work, my gosh, like I, I think I was, uh, I think I was more batshit crazy uh, after I got clean and and didn't have those principles of the steps applied in my life than I was when I was 
actively using. I was just completely. <laughs> uh, you think I'm crazy you now? Know. You should have seen me before I had steps in my life. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Well, I can't thank you enough, Dee, for coming on here and doing this. It has been so special. I've enjoyed our time together, and I look forward to um, hopefully co collaborating in the future on some things. And uh, thank you for your service and all you do and, my you know, and all you're going to do. Yeah, my absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for, you know, and thank you for believing me and thinking that I had something. It's, like, it's such an honor to be thought of for this topic, you know, so thank you so much for thinking of me and asking me to come out. I really had a great time. I love discussion-based things like this. And when minds come together and we share, you know, we we can save lives this way, so. Oh, I love it. I love it. And I love all of you listening and we will be back next week with another episode thank you for joining us on our living clean podcast this is another platform that we can share our message of recovery which is an addict any addict can stop using drugs lose a desire to use and find a new way to live join that no matter what club you can contact us through text the number is 931-306-9364